This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Today we're going to have a little fun with using celebrity estates that have gone a little haywire to talk about some of the estate planning don'ts. With me today I have Kelsey Banky, certified financial planner at Stirk Financial. Hi Kelsey. Hi Mary. All right. So, estate planning don'ts. This topic was actually Kelsey's idea. <laughs> she said, "Hey, there's so much talk in the news about certain celebrities and their estate planning. I think we should do a whole show on it and talk about what not to do because when celebrities who you would think they have access to really good attorneys and maybe they figured some of this stuff out when they're making mistakes that are this crazy this is a good topic for people to be listening to absolutely i it's just amazing just this morning i was reading about estate planning um failures by some celebrities and you know theirs are amplified by millions and sometimes billions of dollars but I think that there are lessons that even um, everyday people can learn from and understand the effects of. So uh, let's dive in. All right. Start us off, Kelsey. Who do we want to tackle first? All right. I, I would like to start with um, Prince. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's, a, mid- a, lot he's right a Midwesterner. Now. He's probably <laughs> one of the most recent um, issues that we've seen. So I was shocked when, you know, you heard the, the death of Prince. He, he died. And... Um, it's been a year now. A year, yeah. yeah. And the first thing that came out was he has no will. Mm-hmm. And that just totally caught me off guard. I'm like, how Blows can my mind. how can Prince of all people? I mean, the guy has one name. It's royalty, <laughs> he you know. One will. <laughs> I know he has no will. That's just amazing to me. And so this the the lack of will um, from the research that we've done is because he didn't trust legal professionals. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really common reason. I know I know a lot of people actually that this is their cases. They don't trust legal professionals for whatever reason that they have. Um, but in not having a will because he didn't trust legal professionals, it left his entire estate at the mercy of legal professionals who are going to decide everything that happens with not only his money, but his, his legacy and his songs and his poetry and everything is going to be left up to the decisions of the courts. Right. And if that, if that wasn't enough, there's controversy about who those heirs even are. Like, they oh. literally have had to go through DNA testing and hold hearings to try to decide the validity of paternity claims that have sprung out of the woodwork. Yeah, so this is this is a crazy one. Um, the state's worth, you know, three to $500 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is going to get eaten up by... <laughs> the attorneys, the yes. court systems, the probate costs, all of that. And the thing is that's really sad about this is I know that Prince was a very charitable person. And even if he didn't have specific you know, relatives, people, heirs that he wanted to leave this money to, with simple estate planning measures put into place, he could have ensured that the money didn't get eaten up by the court process and instead went to the, the charities that he felt so strongly about. So... Right. And, and here's the thing. Like when Kelsey said probate process, I want to put this in context. So probate can eat up anywhere between 2 to 4% of the asset value that goes through probate. All right. So if you had a million dollars that goes through probate, 
that's anywhere between twenty to forty thousand dollars just for the probate cost. That's not for the attorney cost. That's just for the probate cost. All right. So let's say it's even on the low end at twenty thousand. Then if you multiply that by five for a five a five million dollar estate, that is a hundred thousand. And if you multiply that <laughs> by a hundred for a five hundred million dollar estate, you're talking major, major money, millions of dollars just for probate that literally could have been avoided by just having even the simplest of wills in place. So that's a big number. It is. <laughs> and I just think of all the good that could have done and right. instead people are fighting. Right. Exactly. So that's one celebrity estate. Don't, don't die without a will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's talk next about Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston passed away in February of 2012, and reportedly her um, net worth, her estate at that time, was somewhere around the $20 million mark, okay? Now, when Whitney Houston died, she did have a will, but her will was 20 years old. So it was very old, and it was very outdated. And she had left all of her assets to her daughter, Bobby Christina, through what's called a will codicil, like an amendment added on or tacked on to the will. Now, the problem was that at the time that Whitney Houston died, her daughter was struggling with some substance abuse problems, and their, the grandmother was afraid that the daughter, Bobby Christina, might squander those funds that were left to her. And there were also claims that leaving everything to the daughter might not really fully express all of Whitney Houston's actual wishes. Yeah, I see two problems with this. First of all, the will is extremely outdated. And, and mm-hmm. y- even though they're technically good in most cases until you revoke them, they can get outdated and not, like you're saying, express your wishes exactly. The second thing is is that she has a daughter. I don't remember how old Bobby Christina was when she passed away, but um, she wasn't very old, I think early 20s if I remember right, and again, struggling with substance abuse issues in an abusive relationship from what I understand, and it left no framework to help this young adult navigate and handle this amount of money, and she died shortly after her mom did. I don't I don't know the the circumstances of that, but what a lot of people don't realize is is that leaving your your children who are younger, you know, even if they're technically adults, leaving the money to them where they are in control of it um, can actually ruin their lives instead of make their lives great because they don't necessarily always have the framework to handle that amount of money. And if they have substance issues or gambling issues or any kind of vice that they aren't in control of themselves that kind of controls them, then it can just amplify those issues and, and the money you leave them could either, you know, ruin their life because they, they squandered all away or lead to their death if they have, um, that bad of problems. So having some kind of trust in place to help manage that money and make sure it gets down to them in an appropriate way and that it's spent on the right things for a while just to provide them framework to grow as adults um, would have been very helpful in this situation. Right. So the lesson here is that this whole situation was avoidable with a trust or an updated will that would create a trust at the death of the of Whitney Houston. Um, the trust would have 
restricted the daughter's access to the money and appointed a trustee to help her manage it. And as Kelsey was just sharing with us, that really is something that's a gift to children who don't have the money smarts yet or the money maturity yet to be able to handle millions upon millions of dollars. And not to mention the fact it would have completely avoided giant legal battles within the family. And anytime you're having legal battles within the family, you've got bad relationship issues happening within the family too. So that's what we've learned as an estate planning don't from Whitney Houston. Do not leave millions upon millions of dollars to children. All right. Next, let's talk about an athlete, Flojo. Ah, I loved her fingernails. Yes, (laughs) she. uh, I I've um, competed in track in college, and I I always like reading stories about Flojo. She just you know cleared so many um, boundaries in her career. So, for those of you who don't know what Flojo stands for, that's Florence Griffith Joiner. (laughs) (laughs) She was an Olympic gold medalist, a sprinter, and um, she had a will. But she didn't tell anybody where it was at. <laughs> so, so she did what she was supposed to do, except for notifying people where they could find her last wishes. And uh, that created a lot of legal trouble. They, Her heirs and relatives went to battle in courts because they couldn't find the document. And therefore, um, kind of as if there was no document is, is basically what would play out in that situation. So if you're going to go to the work to put all that into place, make sure somebody knows where it's at. Right. You know, so that's the lesson learned from Flojo is do not keep your will in any type of secret location. So one of the things that we've created at Sterk Financial for People is called the Guide for My Beneficiaries. And one of the things that the Guide for Beneficiaries has in it is a spot where you can say, this is where my will is located. (laughs) It's got a whole bunch of other stuff in it, but this is where my will is located. So you won't make that same type of mistake as Flojo did. So if you'd like us to email you a copy of that, just reach out to us at sterkfinancialservices.com, ask for a copy of the Guide for Beneficiaries, and we would be happy to send that to you so that you don't make this estate planning don't. Okay, when we come back, we're going to keep talking about some of these celebrity estates and the lessons what that we learned not to do. Now we're going to go through a couple other celebrity estates, and the first one we're going to talk about is James Gandolfini. All right, he was an actor most famous for The Sopranos, and he was reportedly worth about $70 million when he died in June of 2013. Now, he died unexpectedly of a heart attack while traveling, and he had provided for his family but he didn't end up using proper tax planning. So the way that he had set up his estate left his estate in such a way that the estate had to pay 55% in taxes on the bulk of the estate. So just to give you a rough calculation on that, because it's reported that his estate was 70 million approximately at the time of his death, that's $38 million. That's a lot of taxes. In taxes. <laughs> That's a lot of taxes. Now, I'm not saying that his heirs can't live on the $31 million that was left. <laughs> but $38 million went to taxes. <laughs> it's just right. a baffling number to me. And the reason that it happened with him is because he didn't finish his planning. 
So he unfortunately passed away before his planning was done. He had started it. He had a will, but he didn't have trust documents set up. He hadn't funded things properly, and so it left him um, subject to the 55% tax bracket for the estate. That's a big tax bill. So the lesson that we learned from that is finish your planning. Take it all the way through. Absolutely. So Marlon Brando, he's going to make our list today. He... um, very well-known actor, and he passed away in July of 2004. And he had about a $100 million estate when he passed away. And the mistake that he made, he had very, um, he had lots of estate planning in, in place, but he had made some verbal or oral promises to his longtime housekeeper that was not um, ever executed in the estate planning. So he had um, allegedly left his home in California to her. Um, She was kicked out of the home by his heirs because nothing was in writing on any of this. She then sued um, his uh, heirs for both the value of the home that was supposed to be left to her, which was about $627,000 for market value, plus $2 million in punitive damages. Now, I don't know how long this legal battle ensued, but in the end, they settled for a $125,000 settlement. Now, both sides had legal costs into this. Um, if it was a long-term housekeeper and he did make that promise that didn't, um, you know, it didn't execute the wishes he actually wanted to have happen because he made this oral promise. So just make sure that anything that you're talking about that you, you give somebody during your life that they can have at your death, that needs to be in writing somewhere. Otherwise, right. it's going to be contested. Yep. So definitely the lesson learned here is if you're going to promise something to someone, you need to have it written into your estate planning documents because it will be incredibly difficult for someone to prove without an extensive legal battle at the end of the day that that oral promise was ever made. Yeah, and I can see that happening, you know, in in more practical terms. I've heard of people leaving specific property, you know, specific land or homes or um, jewelry and things like that to certain kids saying, yep, when I pass away, you can have this, but that's not written down. And just depending on the family dynamic, I've seen a lot of families torn apart over verbal promises that weren't written down. So do yourself a favor and make sure you have those specific wishes listed um, in your legal documents. Here's another way that I see that playing out more on the home front is we have clients come in where they'll have a sibling listed as the beneficiary and they say to us, well, I'm leaving that money to my brother because I know he's going to use that to take care of my kids. Okay, that's a bad idea because there's, first of all, even if you trust and love your brother, money does weird things to people. Like when they inherit money and they think it's theirs, all of a sudden it it changes the dynamic for some people and how they respond to it. So that's one thing. But the other thing is you run afoul of a whole bunch of different tax and gifting issues. If you leave a big chunk of money to one person and expect them to spend it on another person, it's not that easy. So if you want your children to be taken care of and your sibling to do it, you're going to want to do that inside your estate planning documents with some different trust work or some different things like that that says this money is for my kids and I'm appointing my brother as a trustee to manage it for them. So that's the right way to to think about doing that. Okay, the next estate we're going to talk about is Jackie Kennedy or Jackie O, whatever you want to call her. I love her. I loved her sunglasses. (laughs) 
Yes. She just had the best fashion. She does. She has an eternal legacy of style. That is for sure. Unfortunately, her style was better than her estate planning. Yeah. Again, a person who had great estate planning intentions mm-hmm. and did part of the work, but didn't finish it out and didn't cross that finish line with, with the process. So she had a really nice estate, nice estate plan. She had a trust set up that would generate funds for charity. And then at a later date would provide inheritance for her grandchildren. She had all the documents written up. The problem she is, she didn't have it funded properly, which made every much, everything she had done pretty much useless. Yeah. So here's, here's what that means. So if you go to the work to create the trust and you go to the work to set up all these estate planning documents, it's not done just because you put the documents in place. You actually have to change the title or the ownership of assets to be inside of that trust before it makes any type of difference. So if you have an account, let's say you have a million dollars in a, a brokerage account somewhere and you want that to be part of this trust, you have to either change the ownership of that brokerage account to the trust or you need to put the beneficiary of that brokerage account to be the trust. One of those two things has to happen for it to actually fund the trust. Same thing with property. If you have houses, if you have boats, cars, different things, I mean, think about how many properties Jackie O probably had. I have no idea how much she had, but my guess is there's more than one. I'm guessing it's a lot. More than one. But you actually have to change the ownership of the property into the trust. And if you don't do those things, then the trust is moot. Like it has to have stuff it owns for it to have any value. So because she didn't retitle and take that last step and get things into the trust before she passed away, then it seemed that it had that same issue that Gandolfini had where it got taxed at a very high level and the tax bill depleted her estate because it was a really hefty estate tax bill. Now, we have had a lot of seminars and I distinctly remember a woman coming to one of our seminars and saying, I found this same issue out too late. My husband and I set up a trust When he died, I went to the bank to go put the accounts into the trust and found out I was supposed to do that before he died. And because I didn't do that, then all of the money went to where it wasn't supposed to go instead of going through the trust, and she was left fairly penniless. So it's really important that everybody understands you have to fund the trust before a death. You cannot fund it once the death has already happened. So... That is a very common estate planning mistake and one that, unfortunately, we had to learn from fashion icon Jackie O. Oh, darn it. (laughs) Interestingly enough, though, she's not the only celebrity that did that. Um, Michael Jackson did the exact same thing. So Mm -hmm. he didn't fund his trust appropriately, and his estate is about $600 million dollars. And so a lot of it, um, he created the trust, but he didn't fund it. And so he has the exact same issue that we've just been talking about with Jackie O. All right. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He is an Academy Award winner. He was in, um, I think he was in Patch Adams. He was in The Hunger Games. He was in lots of other movies and just a fantastic actor. I always liked seeing him on screen. He did not want his kid kids to become quote-unquote trust friend brats 
<laughs> and I wish I was a trust fund brat. <laughs> and in in that fear kept him from doing proper estate planning. And and what I think we can learn from this is instead of being scared of not having your wishes executed appropriately and therefore not even trying, understand that estate planning can be very customizable to whatever you want and that um, you can set limits such as that your kids have to be employed, that your kids have to um, you know, volunteer and things like that. You can put limits on this to help shape your kids into the people that you still want them to be while also still providing for them. Um, his estate got very messy. Instead of going to his children, it went to his children's mother, causing a bunch of tax issues. Um, and it could have all been avoided if he had just thought outside the box and, and got what he wanted onto paper. Agreed. All right, the last one we're going to talk about today is Heath Ledger. So Heath Ledger was an actor who passed away in January of 2008. I can hardly believe it's been that long ago. Um, But he had failed to update an old will that was created before his last child was born, uh, or his child was born, his daughter. And as a result, his entire estate went to his parents and his three sisters, um, his will that he had didn't reference any future children that I might have, so he inadvertently disinherited his own daughter. So the good news is that relatives straightened this out after the fact and ended up with different ways going about getting some of the money down to that daughter and to her mother, but it's be a, a bad thing to realize that your parent accidentally disinherited you. That would, that would be a bitter pill to swallow after losing somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. So the lesson we learned from that is make sure that you don't omit your children, unless you actually mean to, <laughs> from your will and your estate planning just because you didn't update your documents. All right. We hope you've learned some fun and interesting facts about estate planning don'ts today. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.